Every day brings us closer. Closer to the moment when the next generation of NFL stars learn their destiny. And franchises try to lay the foundation for the next dynasty. With the first pick. This is First Draft. Now alongside NFL Draft Insiders Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay, here's Chris Brown. Welcome to First Draft. Gosh, we're about 30 days out now. Four weeks away. I saw Schefter tweeted that earlier. Four weeks away. That means we're five weeks away from Todd's first mock draft of 2018. Six weeks away from Todd taking off and golfing. And then, Kuiper, you're going to be kayaking again this summer. Is that correct? Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Kuiper kayaking. Huh? Jet skiing, kayaking. Thing. Todd, we got it all going. I'm going to be, uh, what do you call it, um, wave board? You know, the you board? Paddleboard? You know? Sup? What's that called? Sup, stand-up paddleboard? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, paddleboarding. Yeah. That was got yeah. it all. No, there was visual what are we evidence. talking about? There was visual evidence uh, last <laughs> summer. I got a, I got a, like, randomly in July, as summer was beginning to end, I got a text from Kim. certain Kim Kuyper, mm-hmm. and it was, a, it was a picture of Mel paddleboarding across the Chesapeake uh, yep. at about 25 knots. Yep. And, yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive stuff. Anyway. But, yeah, we're counting down now. The draft is officially in sight in Philly this year. We can drive. That's pretty awesome. Uh, but now we're getting to the point where we think these guys should, uh, should have an idea of who, these, uh, of who these players are. We're pretty much through the pro days. And so a huge question that keeps coming in, and I know, I know this is tough, and I know it's not Todd's favorite, but comps. Who are these guys? Who do these guys remind you of? I'm not saying they're an exact facsimile of, you know, player X or Y in the NFL. But Mel, I'll let you get started. I wanted to start on the offensive side of the ball. Some comps. Some guys that the players remind you of. I know I'll, I'll, I'll get you started. Dalvin Cook, you have said, reminds you a little bit of Jamal Charles. Fair? A little bit. A little bit. I, I, what are, and what are your guys, Chris? I was thinking about this, and Todd Sproul's got his favorite guy. It's uh, Nate Peterman, no. the quarterback at Pitt. That's I just told you, guy. like, midway oh, through the season, you might want to keep an eye yeah. on him. Yeah, that, that's you get the scouts, you get like Sproul, everybody's telling us, keep yeah. an eye on us. Nate Peterman, you know, it reminds me a little of Trent Green, because people said Trent Green, coming out of Indiana, didn't have the arm. You know, got it. He's not gonna, there's no way he's an early to mid-draft choice. Now, Peterman could maybe be a third-round pick, but I think on a comparison, I would say Trent Green to Nate Peterman. I would also say John Ross, the wide receiver from Washington, to Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I would say Forrest Lamp. The offensive guard center from Western Kentucky to Cody Whitehair uh, from uh, TCU coming out. Uh, could be Kansas State going to the Chicago Bears. Uh, we'll play tackle. You know, guard center was a projection to a variety of spots. Played center for the Bears and played it very well as a second-round pick last year. So Forrest Lamp uh, in comparison to Cody Whitehair, Todd. Um, I'll give you a few for fun because everyone, everyone handles this so well. Um, I'm, I'm Christian Mc, Christian McCaffrey. Hear this one out. Devontae Freeman, in part, the quickness, the versatility. I would say Freeman is is quicker, but but they both can catch the ball extremely well, and and, and both will be. Freeman is in the NFL, and and I think McCaffrey will be a big part of the passing game as a slot receiver. And and then just from a patience standpoint, nothing else. Oh, but just from the patience and vision, he has some Le'Veon Bell in him. Those are good comps, Todd. Mitch Trubisky, 
I think if you go back to when Aaron Rodgers came out of school, there's a little bit of similarity with the stroke, with some things that he has to work on, and Aaron Rodgers did. I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Rodgers by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying when you go back and look at what Aaron Rodgers was at Cal coming on into the NFL, Trubisky has some similarities in terms of body type, mobility, ability to extend, um, and, and also the, the quick stroke. Deshaun Watson, some Marcus Mariota. I think that's probably the best comp of a starting quarterback in the league for Watson size-wise. You know, the inconsistencies with the accuracy. Mariota was the same way um, coming out of college, but but um, improved and, and has been put in a good situation to succeed. Deshaun Kaiser's tough from Notre Dame. If you had to go the starter in the league – yeah, yeah, Locker I was, Locker could be. I think if you want to be on the real, real positive end, just from the size and mobility, you know, neither guy is really, I would say, quick or agile, but can take off and run and extend some plays and, and also big and strong and has a strong arm. Your boy Joe Flacco, a little oh, bit. Oh, God, that's, that's incredibly optimistic. <laughs> I, I, that's where I started. Right. And um, Mike, yeah, exactly. Mike Williams. I would say Alshon a fair Jeffrey. one. It's not perfect. Alshon Jeffrey, that's exactly it. Mike Williams, that's an interesting one on Alshon Jeffrey. And, you know, because I think that the thing about Alshon was there was all these questions about whether he'd be able to separate. And it was interesting because, you know, he actually did run a little bit faster than, you know, some people thought. And it locked him into a decent range in the draft. But, you know, it was interesting because even Dabo Swinney came out there and he, he kind of implied about how they think about Mike Williams. They don't think of him as a guy who separates necessarily well. He said, you know, if he's one-on-one, he's open. And if he's and if they have two guys on him, you know, we'll think pretty hard about it. But generally speaking, the way he describes Mike Williams is a guy who often is covered and that just doesn't really matter. And that's really, you know, maybe the most high-profile game people saw him. That was really kind of the tack they took against Alabama in the national championship game or the the playoff championship game. But, yeah, Mike Williams is an interesting one because, you know, you don't think of him as a – you don't think of him as a guy who necessarily is going to run by a lot of people. And I'll tell you what helps Mike Williams is the people evaluating Deshaun Watson because if you watch Watson, some of those throws are a little all over the place and Williams is making some catches that aren't routine. So, the more they watch Watson, they'll find out that the guy that's catching some of those – inaccurate throws and making Watson's completion percentage may look a little better than it normally would is Mike Williams. Hey, Todd, let's jump into the tight ends a little bit. I'm not saying there's any obvious comps here, but just looking, I'm thinking of uh, just some of these traits that you talk about, you know, OJ Howard, David Njoku, Jake Butt, Jordan Leggett, you know, Evan Ingram, Bucky Hodges. I mean, there's so many names out here and go on and on. Are there, is there any tight end that you see that reminds you of somebody in the NFL? Um, you know, earlier in the year when we, we had, what, 19 Michigan games, and they asked me to do a, an NFL comp, I went with Jake, doing Jake Butt with Tyler Eifert. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not perfect, but I think, you know, both both guys give effort but need to improve as blockers. Both guys can be really effective pass catchers, not necessarily – um, elite, exceptional athletes. They're both in that 6'4", 6'5", 250-pound range, can run well and not 4.5s, but more like high 4.6s, low 4.7s is my guess with Jake Butt. So that was one 
that was one that I that I went with early on. Uh, what do you think, Mel? I'd say going back a little bit. I always go way back, Todd, to Jay Novacek, Wyoming Cowboy, Dallas Cowboy, um, heck of a player. Uh, Eric Salbert from Drake. And we know he can run. He can catch. Uh, he can give you some versatility. I think Salbert from Drake, who could be a third-round pick. I think Novacek was more of a fifth- or sixth-round pick. I think he went originally to the Cardinals, ended up a Cowboy. Uh, I could see a little. Jake Butt hopes he's Jason Witten. I was reading a little bit about Butt thinking he's hopes he has a career like Jason Witten did. Now, Jason could really run coming out of Tennessee, came out as an underclassman. I remember talking to Jason down at the Senior Bowl. He was there, Todd, just to watch. He couldn't play. He was coming out as an underclassman from Tennessee, became a third-round pick and a Hall of Famer during his 15th year. Can you believe it, Todd? Witten? entering his 15th year in the NFL this season. And uh, Jake Butt hopes to be somewhere close to what Jason Witten was. Guys, the tackle and guard class. Mel, you mentioned Forrest Lamp has a comp. Are there any tackles? I realize this is, you know, I don't want to say, you know, dreadful. But in terms of just based on the value we place on these, based on the needs around the league where you're seeing Khalil's and Remmers and Reefs and these guys getting big dollars in free agency because teams are just desperate, are there any offensive tackles in this class? Mel, you can start. They remind you of something and, you know, maybe, you know, a player who is coming into the league really raw because that seems to be the general theme here. There's just no really perfect, polished version of a tackle this year. No, I get Cam Robinson. The easy one there is Andre Smith. Came out of Alabama, you know, right tackle, left tackle, then moved to right tackle. So I think you look at, at Cam Robinson, right tackle probably, or guard in the NFL, uh, the way it looks right now. Uh, I think you look at some guys that are going to project whether Ramchek is, in fact, a left tackle or a right tackle. We've had that over the years uh, coming in. I think you look at a guy, Todd, I'm just finding, try to find, an, I guess, an underachieving tackle. Roderick Johnson from Florida State has all the talent in the world. Can you think of a guy that had that kind of ability coming out and got pushed down because he didn't always play to the level of the talent, yet still became a good pro? I'm looking around now, but that would be Roderick Johnson. Enormously gifted. But I didn't see, when I watched him, the kind of performance and the kind of domination you thought you would get from the offensive tackle from Florida State. That's a good question. Um, I was actually, I was just thinking about um, about Garrett Bowles from Utah. The one year at Utah, not a great game experience, but really athletic, has the length, needs to get a little stronger. Dwayne Brown with the Texans is a little bit like that. I remember he snuck into the, the late first round. The Texans took him, uh, what was it? Jeez, uh, 08? Yeah, yeah he was back. a 26 overall pick in 2008. And he's gone, you know, he's, he had some ups and downs, especially early, but he's gone on to be a longtime starter in the league. Yeah, good zone blocking yep. tackle. Yep, move guy. So, jumping off the excitement of it for this tackle class, let's get to, let's get this guy's on the defensive side of the ball. Mel, Marcus obviously. Say that oh, yeah, from Florida, yeah, coming yeah. out of Florida, yeah. He was a little under uh, underachiever. Yeah. yeah, that's true. He had right? big Johnson guy, had all the yeah. tools, uh-huh. never, was inconsistent. Not bad, Todd. That was one of your best comps today. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Mel, you get a fun one here. I mean, he just, just because he's so uh-huh. he's he's so likely to be considered the number one pick. Practice for draft night. Miles Garrett gets drafted, who's a name you're going to bring up to say this is what this guy's capable of? Well, the comparison is going to be Clowney uh, to see if he can be a Jadavion Clowney-type player in the NFL. Clowney this year really took off when he finally got healthy. Injuries obviously prevented him from being that. 
Uh, just a couple other guys that, I mean, I, yeah, I looked at Tack McKinley, and I thought maybe a little Robert Mathis when Mathis came out of the small college ranks, uh, ended up being a great pass rusher in the NFL. Hassan Reddick, and I said this a couple weeks ago, I thought Lawrence Timmons, when Timmons came out of Florida State, a little bit of Hassan Reddick in him. Uh, Buda Baker, because he's all over the field, maybe like a Tyron Matthew is without the, necessarily the ball skill. So uh, maybe a comparison there, Todd. Any more on the defensive side? Um, Jonathan Allen, maybe some Leonard Williams, power player. I mean, it's not, certainly not perfect, but, um, Carlos Dunlap a little bit. He's taller, a lot taller, well, two and a half inches taller, but Carlos Dunlap, I was thinking maybe a little bit of Solomon Thomas, just, you know, 277 pounds for Dunlap, 272 or whatever it is for, um, for Solomon Thomas and the ability to kind of kick inside every once in a while and, and rush a little bit. So I, there's a, they're not perfect, but a couple a couple that came up. Guys, one of the rising cornerbacks, you guys have both moved him up recently, is a guy that there's going to be a lot of comps thrown around. I just want to bounce this off you. Kevin King out of Washington. If you – obviously, you know, not everybody's Richard Sherman in terms of just their ability on the field and their instincts and their ball skills. Richard Sherman obviously was a former wide receiver – but Kevin King's a guy who measured a, a true six foot three. He's obviously over two hundred, but long arms. You know, um, ran faster than anybody thought. Maybe or we suspected he would. Uh, really, a, a workout warrior for that size, at least. Mel, are any of these comparisons, you know, fair for a guy? But I mean, he's six three. It's it's close to unique at that position. I mean, Sherman is the easiest comp. Is that a fair one to make? I mean, I think uh, the why go back again to Mel Blunt. Uh, Mel Blunt had a great career with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he was like six three, six four, and long arm is an incredible player in the NFL. Uh, Steel Curtain is what we remember. We remember Lambert and Ham and the great linebackers, even Andy Russell. Uh, and you think about the uh, great corner that they had as well in Mel Blunt. So Kevin King, uh, you know, he's got the the Seattle Seahawk look uh, when you project the first round. But I think Mel Blunt would be a, a decent comparison. All right, one more fun one I wanted to hit on the defensive side of the ball. Jamal Adams, I was uh, I was talking with, you guys know, the Bear, Chris Felica, about this a little bit. Uh-huh. But Jamal Adams, you know, for me, is is one of the top three players in this draft, just pure football players. Is it fair to say we saw Landon Collins really, really bust out this year as the Giants put him back to his more natural position closer to the line of scrimmage? Todd? Do you see a player like Jamal Adams having that type of impact? I think that's a pretty, that's a decent comp. All right. Yeah, I think you have to use him properly. I, I don't mind that. Keanu Neal a little bit. You know, I wouldn't say that the size is exactly the same, but it's not far off. Actually, it's pretty close. I mean, Keanu Neal is around six foot and two hundred and ten pounds, and and a banger, and a guy who who understands things, picks things up, really good uh, intelligent, football intelligence and instincts. And you saw how quickly he, for the Falcons, became really one of their better players on the defensive side and, and the way he played all season for, uh, for the Falcons. So I, I think Keanu Neal's not a bad one with Jamal Adams because they're neither elite range guys. I think Keanu Neal ran, what, a 4-6 something? He was in the low 4-6s. Yeah. And all of that, but um, but really good production versus the run. Didn't have huge 
interception um, numbers. I think he only had one interception his last year at Florida, and Adams had one this past year. Adams had five the year before. Um, I don't remember Neil's career interception numbers, but but neither is known for, like Malik Hooker with the Ed Reed comp, you know, in terms of unbelievable production when the ball's in the air. Neither is known for that necessarily as much as they are for pass breakups and and most importantly what they do for the run fits, how physical they are, and and how smart they are in terms of being in the right position. And and what is the thing about Jamal Adams, Todd? You talk to people out of the league that were in the league, people in the league, it's, it's like the not testing well. Here's a really good football player, the son of George Adams, the former first-round pick running back out of Kentucky with the Giants, and you love him as a player, Jamal Adams. Rave reviews all year, but he doesn't test well. And you know that's something that is a red flag with some, that you know, he shouldn't be in the top group. He shouldn't be with those elite players uh, in the draft, shouldn't be in the top five because of that. Uh, that's how you have to weigh all these workouts, the time between the end of the year and the draft when they had the pads on to when they're testing is this period of time where you're kind of head spinning. Do you move a guy up because of a workout? Do you move a guy down because he didn't have the numbers test-wise that you thought a Jamal Adams needs to have to be in the top three? top five overall this is the tough part of the evaluation process right now trying to weigh all those factors i I got one last one for you jordan lewis from michigan who i know the off the field incident will i'm just waiting to see what comes of that because there's a lot of tavon young question uh that's not a bad one i was i was going jason verrett okay fair yeah verrett was faster Verrett was faster, but similar size, both really physical, but also both are hip pocket guys. Just, I think, two of the better corners I've watched in years in terms of just staying with receivers, shadowing them, and almost always being in position and giving so, so little separation. I loved watching both of these corners on top. Todd's all over this comp stuff now, Chris. You, you know, that, he, he's, we're going to get he's, one every 10 minutes from Not only is he warming up I to it. I, I don't hate do it. I like It's a good exercise. I just hate talking about it publicly because you get hey, I'll give inevitably you one. we're going to get that idiot. This isn't so McShay said that, that, uh, that Trubisky's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey you know, I'm going to go way back for a little, my last one of the day. Oh, I'm going to go way back. for you, too. Teased, teased Tabor to Everson yep. Walls. Wow, that's a pull. Everson Walls, did Everson, get drafted Walls did, Everson Walls did not get drafted in a 12-round draft because he didn't have a great 40 time. Gil Brandt brought him in. Everson Walls had a tremendous career with the Dallas Cowboys. Tease Tabor will drop because of running in the 4.7s after running a 4.62 at the Combine. Yeah, he but, keeps getting slower. Yeah, I don't get that, Todd. I don't know what's I going loved on. his tape. I don't either. I loved his tape. I thought he was the best corner. How do you run class. slower to pro day than you did? At the I was going to say he's the first guy in know. history to run slower to pro day. I, I mean, don't pro know. days, I pro days, the I mean, forty. He's, he's always been he's always been slow. He ran slow in high school. Yeah, and it's amazing to me. I'm, I come up at this office with a bunch of guys who do the high, high school recruiting where I watch tape, and it's amazing to me how consistent the the 40 times are when kids are in high school compared to what they are i mean if you're yeah. if you're fast you run fast yeah, john ross four slow. threes right yeah 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 so it, it's interesting to see and um i listen i think he's a good player and i think he's going to play in the league and whether it's a number two number three starter i think he's going to wind up being a good contributor but it's hard at that that position more than any other position in in the draft is affected by 40 times by the stopwatch and it's Right or wrong, and I think history has told you you're safer. You're safer if you go with the stopwatch and the length at that position than if you try to get the some of the outliers. 
Hey, here's one other I want to throw out there just because it uh, it gives Mel a chance to talk about one of the patron saints of uh, Baltimore. But Malik Hooker, early in the process, as a center field, a true center field type safety, ball skills, it was thrown, the name Ed Reed was thrown out there. Mel, I don't know, I'm trying to remember where you were on that. I do know you've seen a lot of Ed Reed playing football. Fair, unfair, or just, you know, because I, I think the key is to, to compare him to what Ed Reed was coming out, not the fact that he's one of the greatest safeties who ever played the game. Is that fair? Ed Reed had like what twenty one interceptions yeah. in college. Yeah. yeah, he was he was did it for the long Something haul. Something stupid. Yeah, he did, he was unbelievable. That's when guys he's been were picking hook. off balls since he was in the crib. Yeah, I mean, if, he, if Hooker plays another year or two, maybe he does the same thing. We don't know what Ohio State is coming out early as a third year sophomore. Ed Reed did it in college. He did it. He's had a knack, and he did it every year. College pro every year. I mean, it wasn't a one-year wonder. So I think we're expecting a lot from Hooker to be Ed Reed. Uh, he's coming off the injury now. We'll see how he does if he's ready for the start of the season, how that impacts if he's a top-ten pick or not. But Ed Reed was just a special player, and it got him in the 20s. He got Ray Lewis in the 20s, Ed Reed in the 20s. Uh, pretty amazing <laughs> getting two Hall of Famers down in the first round that low. Uh, you know what? I love that's one this. of the big questions with Peppers. Yeah, really. When you start to look at it, there's very few. Again, you're looking at outliers. There are very few guys that weren't playmakers, ball hawks in college that would have gone on to be just that in the NFL. I mean, you you just go back and look at some like Earl Thomas, ten interceptions at Texas. Ed Reed had the twenty-one. Eric Berry, fourteen picks at Tennessee. Reggie Nelson, seven interceptions. at uh, at Florida, Peppers had one on a tip ball in against Ohio State. So pretend twenty-seven for, game plays. Pretend for a minute, Todd, then that your your Peppers team at CAA and you're putting together the Peppers brochure. Who are you trying to make a comp for him for? Who are you trying to say this is what this guy can be? Is it a Landon Collins type? I mean, is that what you're going for? Yeah, yeah, probably some Landon Collins, Tyron Matthew, but Tyron Matthew made plays. Also. Yeah, he had four interceptions. Yeah. He also, I think, I, I want to say, I read this recently, 10 or 11 forced fumbles. And That's why I thought, I thought more Buda Baker for Tyron Matthew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I would definitely agree. And he's not, he's not Dayon. I thought he was Dayon Buchanan during the year when I wasn't actually studying tape just at games because he was around the line and it just made sense and the, the size was similar. But he's not Dayon Buchanan. He's not Shaq Thompson. Those guys, he's just not that physical and, and strong and able to handle blocks the way those guys. But can. he's going to be a first round pick. Okay, yep. sounds like a wager. I hope he is. I, I think he's a great guy. I think he's and I I love the way he attacks and plays, and I love his versatility. I love a lot about him. I love the return game. I think he can contribute on offense. I just it's he's got to go with the right team and be put in the right spot. I think in order to succeed, you just hope he's not the, is the best you just word. hope he's not the defensive version of Cordero Patterson, who was a first round pick <laughs> and has only been a kick returner. So you just hope right. he gets more on the defensive side and just as great return man who doesn't carve a niche on the defensive side of the ball. Well, guys, we hit a whole bunch of comps here. We're going to jump after the break to talk about the Chiefs, Cowboys, Packers, Steelers, then some of your mail. Most importantly, I wrote down here, Mel, March 30th, 2017, at about 1130, Todd McShay compliments Chris Sproul on a comp. So uh, that's big. Guys, we're going to do it after the break here coming up. But first, are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, 
and you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 200-plus job sites. That includes social media and networks like Facebook and Twitter. Do it all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once. You can watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. You don't have to juggle emails or calls to your office. You just quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the best person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses. Right now, listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash first draft. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first draft. One more time, to try it free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first draft. The Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, who last year moved out of the first round, picked up a ton of fourth round picks, finally used a fifth on uh, Kevin Hogan, who is now with the Browns, used their third on Kavari Russell, who they cut in camp. So a really interesting draft last year. They did get a couple really good players. Chris Jones, a guy Todd really liked. And Tyreek Hill, obviously, you know, took a risk there. Seems to have paid off. He's been good on the field, good off the field so far. Mel, take us into the mind of what Kansas City should be thinking this year. Um, You know, again, maybe having to think about, you know, who's that next quarterback. Uh, And maybe even thinking about replacing a longtime guy like a Derek Johnson, who could be back, could not, we'll see. Yeah, and I think some of those guys may be gone uh, by the time you pick. I mean, everybody thought Hassan Reddick would be there. He's going to be long gone. Yeah. Everybody thought Christian McCaffrey might be there running back. He's going to be long gone by the time the Chiefs pick, I believe. Uh, so I think it gets down to do this. There's a team that has really shown no interest, really, in drafting a wide receiver in the first round. Take one when I think they need one. Uh, I've projected Zay Jones there from East Carolina, Todd. I think Chris Godwin from Penn State is going to be a really good second-round pick for somebody. I think there's going to be some good second-round receivers like Cooper Cup and Chris Godwin and some others. But I think uh, Zay Jones from East Carolina, if Kansas City does something they haven't done of late, they pass a lot of receivers to go different routes. Uh, but maybe this year they do take the wide receiver. Yeah, and running back is, as you mentioned, I think Alvin Kamara from, from Tennessee would make sense. I think he's, that's what his perfect fit is, the zone blocking, that, you know, that kind of system and being involved in the passing game because that's where part of what creates his value. I don't, he may be a second rounder, but that, you know, that late in the first, see if they move around at all. Um, linebacker is another need. I think that they could be looking at early. What, you know, you look at our, when do you want to spend – spend money on a, on an inside linebacker. This year you've got guys like Zach Cunningham from Vanderbilt, Jared Davis from uh, from Florida, Raquan McMillan uh, from Ohio State, the two guys from LSU, Kendall Beckwith, Duke Riley. Uh, so I, I think th- there are options in day two for the uh, for some off-the-ball linebackers. Let me just and say then, this, Todd. Jared Davis, I, yeah. the Florida linebacker you just mentioned, he had a spectacular workout. Now this is a guy who yeah, had some injury yesterday. issues. And he's not the sack artist, but he's versatile and he's incredibly smart and he's got incredible character. He ran four, five, six at two hundred and forty pounds, game, vertical thirty-eight and a half inches. Todd Jared Davis, 
Say what you want. I thought he was maybe drop into the second round and be a steal for somebody. After that workout and the character he brings and the way he played when he was healthy, Jared Davis, I think, locked himself into being a first-round pick. One other really? thing. I'll, Interesting. I'll I was going to say, I think he's going to be a steal as a second-rounder. Second but, that, listen, they, that wouldn't be a bad spot for him. And they also cornerback, defensive line, and then I think day two quarterback is, is a real possibility, you know, trying to find the next guy. Whether it's Josh Dobbs from from Tennessee, Nate Peterman from Pitt, I I think you keep swinging and and, and create some competition on the back end. Yeah, I think you're right there, Todd. Uh, you know Alex Smith, but then you know if, if if anything happens with Alex Smith for a really good football team on paper right now, then you go to Tyler Bray, Joel Stave. You know. Hey, they tried to get Paxton Lynch last year. The Chiefs did. Yeah, they tried to get Something Paxton to Lynch. That tells you something about what they're thinking here. Maybe they make an effort to get Trubisky or Watson, or maybe they like Patrick Mahomes, who's red hot right now. With Kaiser dropping, Mahomes is rising. So that third quarterback spot right now looks like it's going to be the Texas Tech Red Raider, Patrick Mahomes, not the former Notre Dame quarterback, Deshaun Kaiser. The Dallas Cowboys. Well, this is pretty simple. I think the offense is going to work just fine. Uh, Can I get an amen? And uh, defense, I don't know. Todd, there's about a million snaps uh, to be found in this secondary. Another Orlando Skandrick, Nolan Carroll is a kind of a cornerback version of Spackle in there. What do you think, Todd? I mean, it's got to be defense, right? Up and down this uh, board. Yeah, I think I certainly think defense. I know the pass rusher. They're they're going to continue to try to add pass rushers and, and and see what you know what they can get with their picks. To me, when you look at it, they're sitting at twenty eight. Taco Charlton is is a play. I think he's a complete player. I think he's a really good all around player. I don't think he's an exceptional pass rusher necessarily, but I think he he will add um, add the ability to get to the quarterback and also put put pressure on him, but not necessarily at an elite level. I think when you you look at some of the other defensive ends, it could be in play there. Uh, you know, it's a good class. It's not an exceptional class, but I would say if Derek Barnett were to fall. I, I'd be surprised, but he would be a possibility. Um, maybe you go in the in the second, third rounds that range. And Jordan Willis, Kansas State, if he's still around after his really good workout. Marcus Walker from Florida State. Carl Lawson from Auburn. Talking, you know, down the line. Trey Hendrickson from from Florida Atlantic. So I, I think that's a position that they're going to be looking at, and defensive back as well. So I, I think those are really the two key areas earlier in the draft that they want to address. And to go back to Taco Charlton, he ran at 4.92 at the Combine, Todd. Pro day, he ran 4.77 to 4.84, so he ran a lot better at the pro day than he did at the Combine. Well, overall, I think Taco Charlton helped himself a bit. Maybe he's not there for the Cowboys in Atlanta at the end of the first round. If he is, he certainly looks like he'd be a real good pick. Hey, I'll throw out one other thought here. Uh, Maybe, Todd, you can take this, but... Jason Witten refuses to age, but he's getting to the point where you at least have to think about, is this a team, now they have Des Bryant, they obviously have Jason Witten, maybe they saw a little bit out of Gavin Escobar, uh, Terrence Williams, some people people like, some people don't, but this isn't a situation where, you know, you're thinking you're you're perfect, at least in terms of when you factor in uh, Jason Witten's age, is this... You know, if they get some work on the defense done in the first three rounds, is this a team that could take advantage of a, a deep class, a tight end, and maybe get get a project there? Yeah, I think a tight end, wide receiver's not 
it's not an elite group at the top, but I think there's a lot of depth in this class too. I, I think when you get into the third, fourth round, guys like Taewon Taylor from Western Kentucky, Mac Hollins from, from North Carolina, um, Malachi Dupree from LSU, Josh Malone from Tennessee who brings speed to the table and needs some development. So there's a, a lot of good guys that you can work with and bring in as a number four receiver now and hope you can develop into a number two starter moving forward. And then at tight end, you know, maybe Jake Butt falls because of the injury and you give him some time to develop. But um, Jordan Leggett has, he's not really twitchy, but he, he can run on a straight line and has some size and, and you can work with him there. Cole Hickettini, I think, is underrated. Where's George Kittle going to go after his exceptional workout coming out of Iowa? Um, Johnu Smith from Florida International. There's just, there are a lot of good tight ends to be had. In late on day two and throughout day three, and I, I think some teams are going to really benefit from their scouting. Eric Sobert's another one you mentioned earlier, Mel. Mm-hmm. The Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers, uh, definitely a team that, <laughs> I mean, it's it's almost a punchline at this point. But they're gonna they're gonna draft players. They're gonna stick with those players. They're gonna try to re-sign those players, and they're not gonna try to go and get your players. They basically sit out free agency for the most part. Um, every year, the last couple of years, they've actually gone out and grabbed a tight end. Um, this year, Martellus Bennett. But Mel, you can get us started here. You know, one thing that pops up to me is Jordy Nelson's going to be 32 in May. Um, is this? I know they haven't been aggressive in in adding wide receivers. Obviously, they've gone further down the board for the guys like Devonte Adams and even a Jeff Janis. Uh, is this a year where you would consider it? Where would you look first? Well, I think you'd look maybe at a running back. Uh, would be an area of, of, of interest, I would think, at that point. I thought McCaffrey would be there for Kansas City or Green Bay. That's, I say, not going to happen. Maybe Dalvin Cook, who has dropped just a little bit. Uh, maybe he's available for the Packers. Joe Mixon certainly will be there, I think, unless Oakland takes him at 24. The running back out of Oklahoma, which obviously would be a controversial pick. The owner would have to sign off on that, but you're not going to get him in the late second. So if you want him, you have to take him in the late first. They or another team could take a corner. I mean, they could go back to the cornerback spot. That was a position of uh, a real iffy spot, questionable spot for them. They could yeah, look at really a pass rusher up. as well. So they have a lot of areas. They brought in Bennett to be the tight end, added house at corner, but not a lot of moves. They don't typically don't make a lot of moves in free agency, but uh, I would think uh, if they want to go offensive side, they got to get it running back at some point. Yeah, and I think cor- cornerback and edge rusher are two other areas. I think you'll see earlier on in the draft. You know, Tack McKinley from UCLA is a possibility if, if he was still there. Charles Harris from Missouri, really good athlete, needs to develop, but uh, but man, he can, he is twitchy. He can drop and cover. He can. He's got a lot of explosiveness, a lot of suddenness if developed properly. Tim Williams from Alabama, where where's he going to come off the board? Maybe the second round. T.J. Watt from Wisconsin. Ryan Anderson a little bit later down the line. Your boy Tyus ba- uh, Bowser, Mel. Yeah. So there's yeah. There, there's some interesting developmental edge rushers that would fit for them. And I want to give him Gary Conley from Ohio State. I don't know if he'll still be there after how well Long he worked gone, out. but. Todd. Yeah, probably. Um, but, there, again, very strong corner class with Marshawn Lattimore will be gone. Marlon Humphrey will probably be gone. Conley will probably be gone. King, uh, Kevin King from Washington we talked about will probably be gone. But after that, you still have the Tease Tabors, the Adoree Jacksons, um, Jordan Lewis, 
Chidobia Woozy, who's who's got versatility. Quincy Wilson from from Florida, and Desmond King, who again could be a free safety, could be a corner coming out of Iowa. So uh, there's a lot of good players. I think we'll get down into in the end of day two, and you're still seeing names like Cam Hutton or Cam Sutton, I should say. Uh, where does Fabian Moreau go? Some people think he's going the first round now. I didn't see that on tape, but the workout was outstanding, and he improved with his ball skills. But it's still kind of his major area of improvement that needs to happen. So there's a lot of names. Like 17, 18 guys, I think, could wind up going in the first three rounds from the cornerback position. And a position real alone. good pass rusher, Todd, that I loved him all year. I wrote him up on a Sunday morning. I was up till 3.30 in the morning watching this kid. Derek Rivers from Youngstown State. Yep. Liked him during the year. Obviously, he worked out well, which you'll love to see. But that, I think he's a second-round pick. At worst, a third-round pick. He can play on his feet. So he's going to interest the 3-4 teams and the 4-3 teams. Derek Rivers, Youngstown State, that under-the-radar pass rusher with versatility, who played well and tested great. That usually adds up to a round or two bump by the time we get to late April. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers, a little bit similar to the Dallas discussion we just had. We know they're going to score points. The offensive line gelled remarkably well uh, last year. A lot of those patience profiles you saw in Le'Veon Bell were handed to him because that offensive line was just holding blocks and letting him move around. So the offensive side of the ball looks decent. If Martavis Bryant comes back from suspension healthy, they get even better. I mean, I think it's consistently, really, since Dick LeBeau has been gone. The, the question has been where they're going to find the pass rush. And, you know, they Bud Dupree maybe found a little bit of it. Never really got it from Jarvis Jones. And really, they've been fortunate that James Harrison, uh, you know, refuses to age. Todd, where are you looking first if you are drafting for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Pass rusher, corner, and wide receiver. I think you mentioned at least two of those three. I think I just mentioned all the all the pass rushers that fit for Green Bay, and it's it's very close to the same list, I think, for for uh, what Pittsburgh would be looking for. More so the, the conversion guys, D-end outside linebackers, guys like Charles Harris from Missouri, Tim Williams, Alabama, T.J. Watt from Wisconsin, um, Ryan Anderson, your boy Derek Rivers from, from Youngstown State. So there's a lot of guys that could be found, even like an um, – Price, the outside linebacker Juan from Price? Pittsburgh, and uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. From the, you could probably get in the middle to later rounds, fifth round. So there's, yeah. there's, yeah, fourth, fifth round that kind of area. So a lot of good guys there. Cornerback, I just mentioned how how deep that group is, and uh, and wide receiver. I, I think you need to add weapons because because of lack of reliability. Let's put it that way. So to me, you know, even if it's a second, third round, adding a guy with speed that can get down the field, take advantage of, of Big Ben's arm. Uh, I, I think that's the way. A guy like Josh Malone from Tennessee, 6'3", 208 pounds, who ran a 4'4 flat in Indianapolis, confirmed speed, and you saw it on tape. That kind of player, I think, would be a good fit for what Pittsburgh's looking for somewhere in the, the third, fourth round. And I'll tell you a guy I love, Chris Godwin, Todd. I mean, the, the way he played at Penn State, uh, you just go back and look at some of the big games and look at the production. Look how versatile he is. Look how he competes. Great character kid, had a phenomenal workout. 
Uh, Chris Godwin from Penn State is going to be a really worked good out better than I thought. Player. To be honest with you, I, yeah. I like this tape, but I didn't. I, I thought his workout was a little bit better. He finished the season really. That game against USC was awesome. Yeah, go back and check out when outside he looked like a first rounder. So you get him in the yeah. second round, uh, you got yourself a really good player. I gave them Tyus Bowser, and I was with Lewis Riddick in Philadelphia. Jaws did a great job with a chalk talk in front of a gazillion fans the other night. Todd in Philadelphia, and uh, Tyus Bowser's name came up when you had eight and a half sacks in eight games. Remember he had that orbital bone, uh, the altercation with a team prior to the Connecticut game. Uh, he played in every other game his whole career, never had any injuries. 12 tackles for loss, big, strong, fast, athletic. Tyus Bowser, you know, if he had just been pointed in the direction of the quarterback and he would have been healthy all year and not have missed five games, he probably would have had Todd 15 sacks. So I think he's a late one, early two, and I think Bowser's stock has risen dramatically. All right, let's bang out some mail here really quickly. Got a, got a few questions we can get to, not a lot of time. Mel, get us started here. Uh, Chris Schaefer at C. Schaefer asks, I thought Sidney Jones was perfect for the Eagles at 14. Other cornerbacks besides Lattimore, would they be a reach at 14? Yeah, Gary and Conley would not be, I don't think. The way he's tested, with the way he plays in coverage, well, he's not as aggressive and as physical. Well, he's going to go pretty high. He could be the second cornerback taken. I like Tredavious White. He made plays on the ball, but White's stock isn't as high right now as Conley's. I think Marlon Humphrey didn't make the good plays on the ball. I liked them going in. He didn't play to the level of his talent. He still could be a first-round pick. Jones is going to be a really good second-round pick. Todd, I would take him in the middle to late second round, knowing that I'm getting a guy, should have been a top 15 to 20 pick. I watched him. I saw a Dory Jackson not be able to handle John Ross. I saw other corners that were not Sidney Jones, and I would rather take Sidney Jones and wait a year for him than take guys that I know aren't as good as Sidney Jones ahead of him. So I'm a Sidney Jones fan as a second-round pick. Todd. I agree. I had him as the second, the second corner in the class beside, behind Marshawn Lattimore before the injury. Um, so I, I, I had no problem. If, if you can get him in the, the later second, certainly in the third, I, I think you're going to wind up in the long term getting a lot of value out of that pick. All right, Todd. Guy we mentioned earlier on the podcast asked about here. Ryan Cox at Mr. Ryan Cox asks, a DB hasn't been drafted top five since 2000. Jamal Adams to Chicago at three, could it really happen? It could. It could. Now, if you're looking for reasons not, again, I mentioned five interceptions the last two years, just one interception this past year. Ball skills are are solid but not great. And I, you know that they're looking to upgrade their ability to take the ball away. That's, I think, one of the biggest areas they struggled last year. They need more interceptions, more forced fumbles. And um, and I think he'll force fumbles. I think he's a big hitter. I think he's ready to play immediately. Plug-and-play starter, loves the game, physical, can play in the box, can cover some bigger tight end types one-on-one. Um, but, you know, if, if they don't go in that direction, it's probably because of the lack of ball production. And he didn't have a workout that I guess would stack up to uh, maybe a top-five safety. But I, I think that position's become more and more important, and I, I just don't see a lot of holes you could say, hey, he's stronger at this than he is at that, but I don't see any real glaring holes in Jamal Adams' game. So you're saying there's a chance. All right, one last question. My good buddy, Jeff McMillan, texted a question, so I'm going to take it. Sorry, uh, tweeters, but come on, it's my buddy. Mel, the recent investments in the offensive line for the Lions, does Bob Quinn consider one of the top three wide receivers? I think he's talking Williams, Davis, or Ross – if one is available there at 21, even with the glaring needs on defense. 
You know, I think that you've got to look wide receiver at some point, but I think you, you look at the uh, defensive end spot opposite uh, Ansa Is a Charles Harris there at that particular point from Missouri? If he is, I think you'd have to look that direction. Getting Lang the way they did, getting Rick Wagner from Baltimore the way they did, those are two linemen that are going to help Matthew Stafford dramatically. Uh, but I do think pass rusher opposite Ansa is something they could look at. Derek Barnett, Charles Harris, somebody like that's going to be there when they pick. Any chance one of those receivers is still there at 21, Todd? Just Mike Williams of- won't be. Just more time. Mike Williams will not be, Todd, be there. My question to you is, Todd, will John Ross be there? Will Corey Davis be there? I think John Ross is the most likely of the three. I think Corey Davis and Mike Williams both are likely to go in the top 20 picks. All right, guys. We hit some mail. We got through Chiefs, Cowboys, Packers, Steelers. A lot of public teams there. And we got through a lot of comps. Todd's coming around. He gave me a compliment. And Mel gave Everson Walls a shout-out. Got to be one of the best-ever two-last-name players, I think. Everson Walls. That's, that's, that's a good pull, Mel. That's first draft for this week. Next time we do it, it'll be April. The countdown will officially be on. And I think, I think that means Mel has to hop on a plane or get in the back of some nice car and get his butt up to Bristol. Is that, am I correct, Mel? Early in the morning, Tuesday, Monday night into Tuesday, I will be heading to Bristol, Todd and Chris, and I will see yeah. you guys up there Tuesday, Wednesday, and you, Thursday. The, the man would rather wake up at 1 in the morning and drive up to Bristol than, <laughs> than just take a plane like a regular human being. Exactly. Uh, I, will tell, I will tell our local hotspots to get the, uh, get the mashed potatoes ready, Mel. Uh, I can't wait. Turkey burger and mashed potatoes. There we go. All right, that's first draft for this week. For Todd, for Mel, I'm Chris. We will do it again soon. Thanks for listening to First Draft. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash PodCenter.